0: It's August 19th, 2015, and I will not confirm or deny. Uh, nope, starting over. Fuck. God damn it. Hate everything. All burned. All sucks. Alright. Hang on. It's August 19th, 2015, and I kicked Johnny from this podcast for Arteezy. I'm Colin Devar.
1: Oh, and I'm Emily, and this is Bottle Crow, a Dota 2 podcast.
0: Ah, it was a good one, huh?
1: That was hurtful, sir.
0: <laughs> 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 oh. So, obviously, like, if you've been paying attention to the Dota scene in general, um, our main topic this week is going to be the, the post-TI5 uh, team roster shuffle um because it's been fucking bananas it's um the next major um the like the Dota Fall Majors uh they uh D- Valve announced that teams have until September 1st to finalize their rosters which is a little under 2 weeks at this point away um and yeah usually teams have until the next TI <laughs> <laughs> I'm um,
1: thrilled by this change personally
0: I like... think it's great but it's also I think that these first couple of times we're going to get this, right? Where it's just like everything is exploding for a month. <laughs> Musical
1: um, chairs with techies.
0: And I think eventually teams will figure out that maybe they shouldn't fire everyone after every single tournament. Um, but it'll take them a while to figure that out. This is just how they're used to doing things. Like, well, that one mattered and our team didn't win it all. So fuck everything and everyone.
1: Or our team did win it all. So fuck, you know, half of our team
0: i <sighs> so the specific reference there, and also my intro was the uh, was that evil geniuses kicked their position for uh two thousand um yeah, they kicked him at the beginning of the month um I guess a little after the beginning of the month, but pretty pretty quickly after t i um and he played really well. Um, one of the, like, Burning, you know, the, the legendary Chinese carry uh, said in an interview that the reason EG won the tournament was because Chinese teams felt like they had to ban Naga and Techies, so they had to spend those first two bans on a position four, and thus EG could get whatever they wanted for carries. Um, And I think that's a bit of an exaggeration, but I think that was probably a, a pretty major factor, because you did see teams like Deck, like, C deck band, uh, techies and Naga basically every single game.
1: I was surprised by how many techies bands there were. I mean, he's a useful hero, but like to see a techies first or second band was surprising to me.
0: Well, the other thing is that I, um, we have seen a little bit of techies in pro games. I I have not seen every pro game of techies, but I have never seen anyone from the East play techies. I don't think they know how to handle him at all. Like you think the West doesn't know how to handle techies? It's like, nah. <laughs> Compared to the East, they're actually pretty well prepared, it seems like. Hmm. I mean and that and thinking about it like that, that makes some of those like that game where they got techies in the main event make a lot more sense. Because, you know, they they played they picked techies against Ehome, E. G. did. Mm-hmm. And not only did techies do a lot of work, but they were just like terrified to approach him when he was alone. <laughs> Yeah. And that that speaks to me that they just have no idea what they're fighting. Um so I think that's yeah, I think those bands were pretty significant. And Aoi AUI if you prefer, but I I saw an interview with him where he said he didn't care either way and I, I like the sound of Aoi better. Um Aoi is a is a good player and all indications that you can tell. I mean, we're not pro players. We haven't played tournaments alongside this man but he seems like a pretty nice guy. Um, and he has now been kicked from two teams in two years. And in both cases, there no one was citing issues. They're just sort of like, no, we want someone else. You know, like, uh, he was kicked from Cloud9 because EE was doing the big Cloud9 shuffle. <laughs> and I want to note that they did better last year with Ali on the team at TI. And then... Uh, yeah, now he got kicked from EG so they could bring back Arteezy. Um That's the new EG lineup, by the way, is Position 1, Arteezy, Position 2, Sumail, Position 3, Universe, Position 4, Fear, and Position 5, PPD.
1: Sounds like a pretty good team.
0: It sounds like a pretty good team. Um, I don't I think, like, I think it's going to be... Yeah, I, I I haven't seen Fear play a position four before. I've seen him play one through three, and I totally believe he can play four because that man can do anything. <laughs> um, but I haven't seen him play his position four. I can't really analyze that. I will say that for Arteezy's sake, like he had, but by things he has said, people have, things people have said about him, and just paying attention, it's pretty clear that E.G. is more his environment than Secret. <laughs> I think in secret, like, there was some, like, you know, just, like... It's like having a bunch of rock stars in the same room, you know? Like... I don't know that they have as much patience for each other's bullshit. And when Arteezy, like... I don't think anyone on EG lacks confidence, but I don't think of any of them as being, you know, like, prima donnas, you know? Yeah. And I think, like, and that will... That it seems like what it works for Arteezy is being the only one on the team who has that kind of, like... Swagger? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Because, like, I mean, like, one of the main things that was cited by Arteezy and by other people in Leaving Secret was that Arteezy and Kuroki did not get along.
1: Hmm.
0: Kuroki, apparently, like, even Kuroki's stuff being like, Oh, I don't know why Arteezy's freaking out about this. It didn't seem like a big deal. I thought he was a cool kid. It all seems so patronizing. It just seems like Kuroki, I mean, Kuroki is older than Arteezy, and he was kind of in Arteezy's position at one point, so it seems like he sees Arteezy as kind of like a younger version of himself, and it's just it's sort of like, oh, you young kid, you don't understand anything. Uh,
1: and everyone loves to be treated that way.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so, it, yeah, Secret Secret has crumbled. Um, it looks like Puppy is still with them. And it looks well. Puppy has said he's still with them, and S Four hasn't said he's going anywhere else. So maybe S Four still is. Um, Zai. The impression I get is that Zai looks at all the like all the drama between Kuroki and Arteezy and all this fucking mess, and it's just like fuck it. I'm just gonna go back and finish high school. And
1: not a terrible decision.
0: I wish not a terrible decision. I wish I could say it was a good decision. I want to be like yeah, go back and finish up school. But like Dota is big business right now and he's one of the best offlaners in the business. And I would at least, I, I would hesitate to leave that while I'm still that hot, you know? Mm. Like maybe you can come back later, maybe not, you know? I don't know, like pros who leave and try to come back that's not a great history. You can look at art style. He. Uh... <laughs> I was,
1: I was going to say it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, Blitz is looking to get back in, and I don't know how that's going to go for him. And, you know, mm. it's... I feel like the Dota scene is not a scene that's very kind to people who leave and come back. It's just sort of like, no, the meta's advanced, and maybe your skills have rusted. And also people are like, wait, who are you again? And I don't well, some know. some of
1: that, I don't know. I mean, I think some of that, though, is that the people who leave tend not to be the best, and I'm not thinking so much of art style as of Blitz but you know like I think if you're a really excellent versatile player you are less likely to leave so maybe Zai, if he takes a semester and you know gets a couple more credits maybe he can jump back in
0: I noted your pointed insertion of the word flexible
1: it's really? a quality I value
0: <laughs> some, some shots fired at Blitz I guess uh how yes <laughs> just
1: a little one he seems like an incredibly nice person
0: who only plays Storm Spirit.
1: Only plays Storm Spirit. His commentary was mildly hilarious. <laughs> if there was a storm in the game, that was the commentary.
0: And if there wasn't, he was just like, oh, I don't know. I feel like they'd be better if they picked Storm Spirit. <laughs> just like,
1: buddy. Again, he seems like a totally nice guy and like an enjoyable commentator, but like, you need to share his interest because that's that's what we're going to talk about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he's just a a commentator you keep on, like, speed dial. It's just like, oh, Storm Spirit (laughs) was picked, quick!
1: No, and this was his year. There was a lot of Storm Spirit picking at TI, so it's like, great, put him in!
0: And it actually, it had a lot of weight when he said, like, about CTY and Sumail, these guys are better at Storm Spirit than me. You sort of sit up and you go, oh, alright. that ain't nothing. (laughs) Yeah.
1: When Uh, I say it, no one pays attention, but...
0: Uh, so other teams that have disbanded include Cloud Nine, woo. Which, I you you can woo like that's just that's just EE saying he's 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 shuffling the team up like EE's way of saying that he was going to like he's stupid and melodramatic and destructive about everything he does is what I I was going to do a clumsy metaphor but let's just get to the point like. (laughs) He's, he's his way of telling people that he's going to, like, shuffle them out to make a new team is to fire them without telling them they're fired, and then they find out from someone else and go, what the fuck? Like, he's just an idiot about this stuff. Um.
1: I still I still keep dreaming the day when C9 disbands, and it's because a grown-up has come in, and EE e. e. is no longer running the show. <laughs> so that's, you know, that's a reason for me to be excited. Yeah. It's possible. It's yeah. not super likely.
0: Doesn't seem super likely. Um. By the comments he's been making, and I—I I want to point out, like, generally we go for good-natured sass here. We don't ever go for straight-up shit talk. And we—I even try to extend that to eternal envy. But, but I don't. <laughs> he, he started an Ask <laughs> FM account just to basically spread rumors and bullshit about team reshuffle stuff, just to sort of be like, "Well, I don't know," and it's like, "Shut the fuck up, Jackie." for Christ's sake, these are people's jobs. Shut up. Like, that's... The Dota scene handles all of this reshuffling stuff in such a amateur and frankly, offensive way. Like, it's so disrespectful. There's no class. There's no respect to any of the players. And if we want to be called esports, if we want to be taken as seriously as, e- as sports, like, it's not like the Mariners lose a big game, and then the next day the pitcher is like, well, goes into work, and they're like, oh, you don't work here anymore. They don't do that. There's a system, there are trades, there are contracts, and you don't just get fucked. Concur. Um,
1: and I think it, I think if EE e. were out of the equation, that wouldn't solve all the problems, but man, you know, it'd be a big step in the right direction.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think i just i don't know who made like even even if you make ee in charge of like hiring and firing i don't know how you make him in charge of the pr for that hiring and firing i don't know how he how the how whoever is paying the bills for cloud nine is like okay ee you should be the one to make this phone call or not up to you like (laughs) are you high um but anyway, Cloud Nine has disbanded, and by his comments, it seems like he probably doesn't want to work with Fata again, and he probably wants to work with Bone Seven for the rest of his life. So <laughs> that's how that's going. I don't know. I I don't know how he feels about misery, and I pray to God that Big Daddy finds a better home. That No Tail finds a team that is worthy of him, because that dude is a fucking. That dude is fucking legit.
1: Well I hear Secret has some
0: openings. And and Secret is certainly not going to die. There there is there is a little bit of organization around Secret and they they remain and also like if Puppy wants it to happen, it'll happen. Puppy, like if every team captain were like Puppy, then none of this would be a problem. Because Puppy is just like every single person who has left a team involving Puppy or had Puppy leave their team has all just been like, boy, that guy was just fucking courteous and professional about this whole process. Like, Arteezy and all his screaming rage was like, but let's hold up for a minute and let me say that Puppy is a badass motherfucker and that guy's alright.
1: Which of course just makes me wish that Secret would crumble so that he would go back to Na'vi.
0: Well, one of the rumors is that Dendi is leaving Na'vi. Now...
1: Alone? Or with his second best friend, Havost?
0: That... The rumors don't say that Havost is coming with him. Now, the... (sighs) Dendi leaving Na'vi has been a rumor basically since TI2. (laughs) Um, As has Sing Sing getting back into the pro scene, which is another rumor that's going around. It's like, oh, Sing Sing's getting back in. And... I think Sing Sing is enjoying his streaming career. I doubt he's coming back. He could. It'd be tricky for him because he has an ego. Um, which I think I mean, I I am not trying to personally knock Sing Sing, right? Like if you are running a stream professionally for money, that is your job, and you are the only person on that stream, and you talk and are a personality. It's hard to go from that setting to being one of five people. It just anybody would find that hard, you know?
1: Well, and, I mean, several teams have personalities on them. So yeah. it's not that there wouldn't be any space for that.
0: True, true.
1: Although there might not be any extra space on Cloud9.
0: Well, that's the funny thing, is that before Cloud9 started, EE was a support.
1: I've heard that several times, and it still stuns me every time. I just... As a person who loves to play support, I just find it very emotionally confusing.
0: I mean, I think, like, the impression I get is it's one of those things where just, like, EE doesn't know what it means to be a leader, and when he's in the position of doing it, this is what he does. Hmm. I think, like, I think probably he's really uncomfortable with his position, but feels like he needs to project strength or whatever the fuck, right? Um, but that's neither here nor there. Um... Kuroki is said to be starting his own uh, like, German team because Kuroki is, is German um and word on the street is Fado will be joining that, but you, who knows um, Aoi has found his own team, he'll announce it later, um and, I don't know, I mean the other thing that's notable is just teams being like hey, we're, we're good we're fine teams like, uh, deck and FNG and Vega Squadron have both been like, no, we actually are surprised at how well we did, so we're good. Um, which, you know, like, gosh, it would be so tempting if you were deck, for instance, who came so close to be like, no, there is one crucial problem here. One of you people is the problem and we need to get rid of you. But like, no, they were fucking awesome. They were, they blew everyone away. And, and I think I'm... it's
1: great that they recognize that because yeah. so many teams wouldn't, as you say.
0: Yeah. And I think it's also great that FN, like FNG like, got halfway through the main event and that's more than anyone was expecting of them. But of course they were hoping to go all the way. And like I think it's great that they're willing to give this lineup at least one more big shot before they because that's the other thing. It's like a lot of these lineups were only completed in time for TI and then they didn't work for TI so they're blowing them up. Like, that's a really small sample size, guys. I don't know. That is, that is most of the, the controversy around TI um, and the reshuffle. I don't know. Like, what, do you ha- what, what closing thoughts do you have for all of this?
1: What closing thoughts do I have for all of this? So I'm a baseball fan. And uh, we're getting to the point in the season with baseball where you can tell whether your team is going to make it or your team's not going to make it. And my team is not doing well. Um, and I guess one of, the, one of the things that I think might create greater stability in Dota is a more of an official or semi-official farm system. So if some teams who don't tend to make it to TI but compete in a number of tournaments, like if bigger teams could develop talent in smaller teams... Because that's how baseball... I mean, there are, of course, trades and blah, blah, blah. But, like, farm systems, that's one of the best ways to develop new talent is in a smaller scale league, you know, where people can gain skills that way. Yeah. As it is if you drop people in. Like, if you just drop them immediately into big competition, they're sumail or they're not. But... And I guess, I guess just pub games could be that, but I do not think it's exactly the same set of skills. So... Well,
0: and also, the other thing is that it's really weird to think about how, like how many free agents there are in Dota that like I guess I I don't, you should tell me I don't know how this works in sports but there is kind of like a list of like free agents right like these are the people that we consider that like you would, people would feasibly hire to be on their baseball teams and there are people that are not on that list that get hired but it's kind of like oh this person used to work, used to play for this team and then whatever right
1: and then once your contract is up yeah you're a free agent
0: right and there's sort of, I like, there's, there's sort of, like, a running list of that, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at any given time, you could know who all those people are, for sure.
0: Right. Well, I mean, like, looking at Dota, like, there is a list right here of people who were on teams until very recently, and this is just a list made by users, but, like, just by history, I know that a lot of these people are not going to end up on big teams, and, like... Okay, let's look at some of these names, just to put things in perspective. Black. Misery. No-Tail. Resolution. Vanscore. Pycat. Like, these are big fucking names, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Fucking, Christ's sake, Ice, Ice, Ice is on this (laughs) list. Jeez. And I I imagine a lot of these people are going to find jobs, but it seems like... it seems like there's not as much of a, like, it, okay, this list even says at the top of it, this is the the, the Dota to Reddit um, post-TI reshuffle mega thread. It's, it's a free agents. And then underneath it, it says, It is difficult for me to know exactly what constitutes a free agent due to the fact that the lengths of players' contracts are not revealed. The competitive Dota scene is a bit fickle and not as transparent compared to something like the NBA. Like, he, this person has decided that these people are free agents. But what that really means in the Dota scene is kind of hard to tell.
1: Yeah, like, what is your contract work, worth if you work for C9? Seriously.
0: Yeah. And if we develop a better system for that, then I think a lot of this stuff could, could fall in. Because, I mean, the other thing is that you find people, like, there are going to be people with members of their teams who they are not crazy about i don't know there's no tactful way to put this like there are going to be people who are like well we couldn't find a good position four in time so this person's on here right Uh and i guarantee when all's said and done even once they've done that there will be position fours on the free agent list where you're like fuck me you guys should have picked up that guy and it's just like there's no network like when owie got kicked from cloud nine back in the day my understanding of how it worked is that he messaged one of the, like, the manager for EG, and was like, hey, do you guys have anything? And the guy in EG was like, shit, uh, let me look. Right? But it's like, it's (laughs) literally like instant messaging. It's Bizarro land.
1: Yeah, it's so amateur.
0: Yeah, and it's just, it's it's like a lot of things in in the Dota scene, we've gotten big enough to the point that we need a system for this stuff. It can't just be scrambling around in the dirt all the time.
1: Concur. <laughs> Alright. Final thoughts. The prosium sucks in some ways.
0: <laughs> it's kind of exciting, in a way, but, I mean, just like, like oh man, everything's getting shuffled up and everything's changing, and it's all so crazy. But also, like, man, it would be so much less, like, there was a good, like, 24 hours where it was just like, man, Owie just got straight fucked. Will he even be able to find a team? And the people on EG are saying things like, like, oh, you know, we wish him all the best, and we'll help him any way we can. And you can say that no matter how badly you screw someone, right? Yeah. And he's found a team, and that's great. But if their an- announcement had been, Owie is leaving EG, and he's going to this team, if, it had, if that had been one announcement, the tone would have been so different. It would have been like, wow, you guys are fools, so let him go. But at least you're not dropping him in a ditch and saying good luck.
1: Well, and I think I've said on the podcast before. I'm just in favor of much higher team stability because I think people like to root for a team identity and they like to root for people.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, well I mean, E.G.'s team identity. Th- <sighs> let me let me reassure people real quick. I had a bunch of comments in the last podcasts about how PPD has gotten all nice on us. Don't worry. After kicking Owie, he made some taunting tweets to Owie about how he didn't have a team anymore. It was great. Classic. Yeah. Just real real good stuff. Um anyway, by the time we do the next episode, all of these rosters should be finalized, unless something very bizarre happens. Um so we'll be able to talk about how things shake out and that'll be pretty exciting. But for the moment I would actually like to move on to our lore of the week for this week. Woo. Which is actually, um, so if we just do characters, we're going to run out of characters, especially because the way characters tie together, like when we did the Shadow Demon one, we ended up also doing Doom and Shadow Fiend because they're all kind of tied together. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're also, you know, we talked about the origins of the defense of the Ancients and boy that was painful. Um, So this week we're going to talk about a kind of a different side of lore. Um, We're talking about items that are named after people. and at least in this case, we're not talking. We're kind of talking about characters from lore, but also kind of not. Um, a lot of the times, they're named after actual human beings in our world. So first off, we're going with uh, Aghanim's Scepter. Everybody's everybody's favorite staff. Um, the name is spelled slightly differently, but it's actually a shout out to uh, the first main villain of uh, Legend of Zelda: A Link to the Past, Aghanim. The sorcerer um but in universe it is a character as well who is um he's rubik's father and he is a what we know is he's a master wizard and uh artificer so he creates magic items of which the scepter is one um that's basically all we've known about him but there are suggestions that that's where rubik gets his ste- spell stealing ability from is sort of passed down from his father hmm. um and there's some sort of question of whether, in fact, like Agadem just knows all spells, and the staff is just built to enhance his knowledge of all spells, and that's why it works for everyone. Eat. But also that sort of gets into some weird page, uh, weird situations, because, for example, the things that people call them when they buy the scepter, like, Rubik is the only one who calls it Agadem's scepter, I believe. Um, or... Or sometimes he says, ah, Father's Scepter. Um, but, like, Gyrocopter calls it, like, a, like a, a field beacon, right? Just like, what are you talking about? Um, so it's it's wonder like, maybe they're just doing fun plays on words, or maybe the Scepter changes to a form suitable to its user. It's not entirely clear. Um, the next item, we have three this week, uh, is the uh, Yule Scepter of Divinity. Um, in Dota, it doesn't actually really have any lore. It just says, like, oh, this is an old staff, and hey, wind, right? <laughs> um, but the name, Yule, is actually the um, the man who created the first version of the Dota map, you know, Defense of the Ancients, a mod for Warcraft 3, back in 2003. He created the map, and then he was passed off to, you know, various people thereafter. Finally, it landed in the hands of Icefrog. And along the way, this CC item was named after him in commemoration and respect.
1: It's a pretty good tribute.
0: It is. Um, The next tribute item would be a little bit better of a tribute, except for things didn't quite work out. The Scythe of Ice was not always just called that. It used to be called Ginsu's Scythe of Ice, because Ginsu was another one of the men in the line of people who worked on uh, Dota. Um, I believe the version he worked on was Dota All-Stars. And um, after trading uh, Dota off to someone else's hands, um, an upstart young studio who wanted to make a commercial version of Dota, sort of like, "Was you guys have great ideas, we want to take the idea of this game, we want to make it a little bit easier for new people to comprehend, and then we basically want to put a price tag on it and make it a real product. And they created a studio, and they called it Riot Games, and they made a title called League of Legends.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And up until then, that's fine. Of course, you're entitled to take that work and go somewhere else, and good on ya. The problem is that when League of Legends was getting started, um, people, like, a lot of people didn't know what Dota was. A lot of people who did know what Dota was were like, oh, it's this stupid map for Warcraft 3, why, why would I take this seriously? And so League of Legends had a really big PR campaign to get people to take it seriously. And a significant part of that PR campaign was kind of shit talking Dota. And That's a more, more than just shit talking Dota in fact. For a while there was one site, I can't remember its name right now, but there was one site that was basically all the communities like you can think of it like the Dota 2 wiki only for dota one right like all the message boards and all the information about dota one collected by fans was one website which uh ginsu and a compatriot of his pendragon i believe was his name were in charge of and when they left to go to riot games they deleted it they just wiped it out um and in combination with that and their shit talking uh Ginsu is not a name that the Dota community is very fond of. You could call it a curse. That might be a little strong, but not very. Um, And so Ginsu's Scythe of Ice just became the Scythe of Ice, because fuck that guy, basically. Um, Interestingly, League um, now has its own item called the Ginsu's Rageblade. And that name has not been changed, because he hasn't left them to make another game and then call them shitty yet <laughs> yeah you know this time um, there are other items that are named after in universe individuals but those are the only ones that are named after developers that I am aware of if I am wrong absolutely email me this is not stuff that is as easy to find we don't tend to cata- categorize things this way so I kind of had to look a lot of this stuff up so uh, you can email us the email we'll say at the end of the podcast but also we'll say here is bottlecrow at, uh, gmail.com. Send us any, you know, any fun lore tips about items and stuff. Love to get that stuff. Um, but yeah, stuff like...
1: It's, uh, sorry, isn't it Bottle Crow podcast at gmail?
0: Oh, God, it might be. You're probably right. Yeah. All right. That one. Bottle Crow podcast I... at com. I don't know who took BottleCrow at gmail.com. Like, what's wrong with you? Anyway. Love um... Dota, that person. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Big fan. Um... Or just, you know, started, you know, domain-sitting. Because they were like, oh man, they're gonna want this.
1: <laughs> Someday.
0: Um, But yeah, there's stuff like, you know, the Ring of Basilius and the Ring of Achilla. Both those, for instance. And there are others like this, but they're just like, hey, some dude named Basilius owned this. Hey, some guy named Achilla owned this. It's like, yeah, let's not really... <laughs> it's probably not worth talking about very much. <sighs> so you threatened us last week, Emily.
1: Oh my gosh, is it time for Fan Fiction Corner?
0: You threatened us with a new feature that you could torture us with, and we are it's time to make it reality.
1: Fan Fiction Corner, my gift to the community. Or, you know, I'm the middleman with this gift to the community created by authors of actual fan fiction. Um, I'm starting at fanfiction.net, although I may have to branch out pretty soon because there are only 115 Dota 2 entries.
0: God, what am um, I going to do? <laughs>
1: No, it's a good thing this only comes out twice a month, um, but the the first piece I selected is called "All for Manta" and it's by Milkmaid Writer. So if you want to look it up, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, of course, but it is basically about anti mage and invoker making out. Um, good, good start. <laughs> yeah, uh, when I when I saw that description, I was enchanted, and I knew that it was meant to be. Um, I have. I have read this piece now three or four times and keep trying to decide whether there are some, some, what am I looking for? Some incomplete understandings of Dota or whether the author simply accepts that our prospective character Anti-Mage is a moron. (laughs) Um, Anti-Mage is trying to buy a Manta. There's only one left. And so the price has gone up. And uh, he's having trouble farming. I'm going to read a couple selections. Nothing in this story is that dirty, and if there was, I wouldn't read it on air, because that's too weird. but Anti-Mage has just discovered he does not have enough gold for the Manta style. File sorceries, Anti-Mage groaned. He still hadn't finished farming, and only had his battle fury. The outcome of the battle depended on him, and he needed that item. He marched away from the secret shop and down to the bottom lane where he could farm. Using his blink ability, he navigated his way down faster than his other teammates could have. He stopped dead in his tracks as he saw a fed Ursa charging at the creeps he was about to farm. Anti-Mage flinched as he watched from behind the trees, as the overgrown bear massacred the wave of radiant creeps in a mass of claw and teeth. That was his cue to go and farm in the jungle. He only earned 45 gold before his teammate pranced into him. And then Enchantress, like, talks him into leaving the jungle. Um, and I...
0: i i am choosing oh go ahead sorry i want to point out as a person who was once a young man who you know wrote dumb shit because i was like 10 or whatever um so he used his blink ability that line right there that is your sign that this is a young child it's that structure is is very familiar (laughs)
1: Some of it is very sweet. Like He has a conversation with Enchantress where the word enchant comes up three or four times. Um, She is enchanting. Perhaps she has enchanted him. Um, (laughs) And it's it's really, it is sort of sweet. And I like to think that it is that the author just accepts that Anti-Mage is kind of an idiot because when they have this argument, Enchantress is like, oh, I think you should leave the jungle because I like it here. And he's like, well, okay. It's a, okay. I spent a lot of the time trying to decide whether... This, whether in fiction they know that this is a game or whether this is definitely not a game. And I've decided that this is definitely not a game. Um, which is good, because if it would be kind of depressing. But on the other hand, like the way this argument would have to go in a game is Enchantress is like, oh, but Ursa's scary! And Anti-Mage says, you are gonna need my ass late game, get out of the jungle. Um, but instead, he he leaves and he ends up he ends up not getting to the Manta style in time, and Invoker buys it. Um, this is this is also a nice...
0: Uh... Oh, so he and Invoker are friends, and Invoker's going to share it with him.
1: Well, he and Invoker are going to become closer than they have been in the past. Uh, he, Anti-Mage approaches Invoker and says, You bought the last Manta. May I perhaps buy it from you? Anti-Mage asked politely, hiding his outrage behind the handsome charm of his face. And that is also a problem I had, (laughs) parenthetically. Like
0: handsome charm of it. Boy. You could
1: argue that there are handsome heroes. We could make a list. Anti-Mage makes no such list under any... Even with the mask, it's not happening. With his creepy Play-Doh nose. Anyway oh but how else will I be able to admire my glorious self while fighting Invoker played with his long blonde hair and I think that's hilarious that Invoker in fact just wants illusions so he can see how handsome he is while he's playing so again there are definitely some things I liked about this story like it has a sense of humor um, but then it it sort of falls into I'll give it to you on one condition Invoker whispered Magina drew back a little but refused to release the self-absorbed sorcerer you have to kiss me Antimage mage abruptly dropped Invoker, appalled by his request and stepping back in disgust. Th- that's imp-unpure! I would never kiss a mouth that has uttered such hexes, Anti-Mage snapped. And of course we all know where this is going. Um, I don't have oh. to read it- oh, of
0: course we know where this is going. Invoker is like, well, technically, I don't do hexes, I do Arcanery. Uh, you could talk to Witch Doctor, you could talk to Dazzle. I believe they are- they are fond of hexes. In fact, Lion has a spell called Hex-
1: Well, we do find out, I had not known I am, I love Witch Doctor, I had not known that he has, what is it, a glowing purple sentry that uh, throws things at you, so Oh, of course, yes There's there's an educational element to the story, certainly Um, At any rate I don't have to read the actual makeout Let me just tell you Anti-Mage loves it, he's super into it and then very confused Um And Viper watches them and throws up Viper's on the enemy team, and Tinker watches them and is very confused and again, this is one of those um I'm gonna read the section where where Tinker reacts because it's the use of ability as verb, which i yeah, Tinker flipped. this isn't at all logical. he cried, backing up, rearming as quickly as possible, and teleporting elsewhere um and then the ladies on the team come to watch them, so right on, I guess sure. Uh, there's a second chapter to the story. It appears not to be finished. This is the first chapter. In the second chapter, Tinker develops a science potion to cause invisibility runes to only make clothes turn invisible so he can test their scientific reactions to naked people. Uh, so, 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 this... it's going,
0: so it's improving as we go yeah, along. Yeah,
1: this story might really be going places. <laughs> um, yeah. it's. Uh... I'm trying to decide. Okay, so I'm going to let you choose. I'm going to end with one more segment. I'm going to read one more small selection. Would you rather hear Axe talking in dialect, or would you rather hear Enchantress and Marana arguing about who is hotter?
0: Am I allowed to say No.
1: You can say no, but then you might get both. I really... I don't advise it. God damn. Or, then you might hear me describe what the story says Faceless Void looks like naked. You don't want that.
0: (laughs) I really shouldn't let you do this. Um... (laughs) Alright, let's hear about Axe, I guess. This is gonna be awful.
1: Alright, so... Tinker has placed his potion, which means that when you get an invisibility rune, oh, all your shit. clothes are Oh, shit. Is there anything in- from
0: the first chapter? <laughs>
1: <laughs> hmm. Axe found invisibility rune. Axe will now gank little babies. The large red man announced to the world. He wore his blade mail proudly and crushed the rune in his hands, sprinkling himself in the powder and then dipping himself in the river in order for the rune to take effect. Is that how they work? I'm going to skip where Anti-Mage reacts to now seeing Naked Axe. Axe has found sexy brown man! That's Anti-Mage. Axe will now kill! Axe whispered to himself. Feeling stealthy, he crouched down as though a stealthy red ninja waiting for Anti-Mage's life to lessen from hitting the powerful ancients. Ah, Axe, put some armor on! Faceless Void came up from behind Axe, having the best view of his teammate. Time shames you. Shh, Axe is going to kill Little Brown, baby! And I'll stop there, because...
0: So he's doing the heavy from TF2. Well, he's... He, he's there's doing, an element he's, of he's,
1: Axe there.
0: He's, he's doing Lidl and baby. Like, and he's, he's doing a lot of baby. Like, that's, that's... I'm not arguing, but like, you say dialect. What you mean is Axe from TF2.
1: Wow, Axe from TF2 is a horrifying vision. It's almost as bad as that naked void that I threatened you with. (sighs) Anyway. I can edit that out. (laughs) You can certainly find this story yourself, and uh, I believe there's more coming if you'd like to follow along. It is, I mean, there are parts of it that I found slightly appealing. Like, this is someone who loves Dota and is creating. Like, that's what I like about the fanfiction. It's someone who really cares about the lore and about the game and is trying to build stories out of it. And then there is the creepy naked out part. So, I'll try to take it in a slightly different direction for next episode, but
0: fanfiction corner. Yeah, I um I've always been I'm not going to say I'm a fan of fanfiction cuz I I'm, I'm not. I am supportive of fanfiction, I guess, because mm-hmm. I think it can be really helpful like I try and write some fiction. That's a thing that I try and do with my free time. And boy, that ain't easy. You know, you start out with that stuff and it's like, okay, so I need to come up with a plot, I need to come up with a setting, I need to come up with characters, I need to come up with relationships for those characters, sometimes you need to come up with the dynamics of the world in general. There's a lot of things you have to think of. And for a writer writer starting out, it can be really overwhelming. And I think fan fiction is a really great place to kind of cut your teeth with that stuff. So yeah. it be like, well, I've got a character, I've got world, and I've got a relationship for those characters. And, what and are I've got an things? audience. Sometimes. Well, <laughs> I read this. <laughs> yes, you did. Um, so, you know, I like, I support people working on fanfiction as a way to sort of like get their bearings and like you know i'm not saying you have to stop thereafter but that is the way in which i am interested in it and yeah a lot of fanfiction is kind of badly written but in a way that's kind of charming or shows hints of of maybe what these people will will get to later on like as you say like the thing with invoker and the manta style like that's actually that's actually amusing that is decent stuff um and there were a few other things that I forgot along the way, because there was a lot of, of stuff. But you know, little 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 tastes of maybe what would eventually be this writer's voice. That's sort of yeah. like, hey, all right. So we have an AGS of the week this week, and uh, I I don't because uh, Emily I drank
1: came... your brain.
0: Yeah, pretty much, and then I forgot to think about it some more. I guess. Um... Emily came to me with her idea and wanted to workshop it a bit, and we ended up changing it a lot, and it turned out- It
1: was too awesome to be permitted.
0: It was- (sighs) (laughs) Your original idea was, like, depending on how you tweak the numbers, was either, like, game-destroyingly good or worthless, and there was really no in-between.
1: I can't compromise. Except I did! We workshopped it!
0: We did. So, I will let you present it. It was originally your idea.
1: Alright, well if I uh, start falling back into original idea, correct me, but I liked uh, I called it Hair of the Dog the new ability that it's going to give So I was thinking about sort of classical werewolfishness you know, and um, so the effects I'm going to describe only only apply at night I did like the idea of increasing the time on Howl, the duration on Howl I think it's 10 seconds now, maybe 15 seconds, I don't know I'm not numbers are my thing um but the primary thing was adding yeah a new ability called hair of the dog which essentially when lycan attacks you he's gonna build stacks on you um
0: only at nighttime was our
1: only at nighttime like i said everything only applies at nighttime um and once it gets to a certain number of stacks i like the number five but you know um then you go berserk and if you have allies around, you will attack allies. if they're only neutrals, you will attack neutrals, otherwise you will attack enemies. It does make you stronger and faster and generally more terrifying, but out of control of your character for a limited period of time um so what I liked as you pointed out, Colin, like with nightstalker, you have to be afraid to be alone in the dark, and now you have to be afraid to be with friends in the dark
0: yeah, I mean, I think some of the some of the specifics we talked about was like like for example, the way in which it affects the uh, the enemy who gets five stacks is that they um they go berserk and they will attack um they sort of their they sort of start um acting based on an ai um where it is not just like berserkers call where they attack specifically one person they sort of get a list of priorities which is like allies and then uh, neutrals and then enemies so if there are only enemies around you will attack the the berserk person will attack enemies. But if you're with your team, you're going to attack your team first. Mm. Um, and it would increase their uh, their right-click damage and also give them cleave. And I do like the idea of increasing their movement speed some as well. So basically the idea is you're just, you know, like you are overcome by the, sort of like the, not the bloodthirst, because that's actually an ability that has a name. But like, Lycanthropy.
1: you know. Yes. You've been taken over.
0: You've been taken over and you are not a tame wolf. Um, so if it's just like Lycan... 1v1-ing you, you're actually going to hit him harder and kill him faster. Um, but yeah, if you're with your team, you're going to turn on your teammates. Um, and the other thing we said is that while you are transformed, you are adding stacks of this debuff to people you hit as well. Yes! So I
1: maybe I thought maybe we'd taken that out and I was very sad. <laughs> because uh- the uh, the contagion aspect is one of the things I really liked. Because anthropy. like, nope, that's one of the worst things.
0: Yeah, I mean, th- I think the way the way we thought about it would be like, it wouldn't last long enough for you to get five stacks on an ally yourself, mm-hmm. unless you got turned again, and probably their stacks would have decayed by then. But in a situation where you're in a big fight and like it is like like Lycan's team fight at night changes. He doesn't just want to focus one person down necessarily. Maybe he wants to swap targets reactively. To just mm. keep everyone going berserk, so ah,
1: so good. So yeah, one of my one of my favorite things in Dota team fights. I've told you, Colin, but one of my favorite things is when that moment when like when Lich is there, or whatever happens, and you're like, oh my god, get away from me! My whole team, get away from me! Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a really exciting aspect of the game, and, and yeah, let's kick it into high gear.
0: Yeah. Oh god, can you imagine this in bot games? because <laughs> that's that's what taught me about that factor is like bots do this thing when they're taking damage really fast they will just run to the nearest player basically yeah and when they're getting hit by a literal that basically means they hug you and murder both of you um and and like you will hear me like the few times i've played bot games recently you will hear me just like running away saying like no get away from me get away from me <laughs> like, i've done the same thing like you're yelling at a dog you know? Like, yeah. a dog that's covered in mud, and you're just like, no! <laughs> hey,
1: hey, 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 hey! Like, Earthshaker,
0: no! <laughs> so, I I like... I do like that dynamic, and I think, obviously this would be terrifying in bot games, but, you know, like, ways for it to happen with players, too, is fun. Um, and I like it not necessarily being, like... It's similar, but not quite the same. Because, like, with Lich Ult, when it bounces like, sometimes unavoidable, but mostly it's like, no, you fucked up your positioning, right? Mm-hmm. And with this, it's like, it's not like you had a lot of warning. It's just suddenly like, oh shit, I need to get away from you. And it's not because you fucked up, but holy shit, you are dangerous to me all of a sudden. <laughs> so. Alright. Well, I think that's all we had for this week, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it's gonna be another exciting week next week. Um, well, next episode two weeks from now where we get to talk about all the stuff with how the team shuffling works out and maybe there will actually have been a patch worth talking about by then um but until then um this has been bottle crow a dota 2 podcast this is episode 11 um if you want to get in contact with us our email where you can send any questions comments or you know other other tidbits is bottle crow podcast at gmail.com dot com not that cron would be a good URL. Um, That'd be pretty great. You can find Bottle Crow on Twitter at, at @BottleCrow. We mostly just tweet about episodes, really not much else. Um, but if you want to get a little more about our, our thoughts about everyday things, uh, I am at six two six four on Twitter. Um, I want to give a big thank you to uh, Twitter or Reddit user Promody for his u- for use of the uh, harmonies of New Bloom music pack from dota which we are using as our intro and outro for this podcast it's a really excellent um piece of in-game music that you can buy from the store um i use it on my my client and we're really grateful to him for letting us have this it's it's definitely way more professional than any other part of this podcast um yeah we're on itunes uh you can subscribe and you can review us and you can tell a friend because really that's the only way anyone ever finds out about us um and yeah, that is basically everything. Um, any final thoughts?
1: Thanks for joining us. Fanfiction Corner is not going away unless you write a lot of emails to Colin.
0: I will reassure you that it will have less mention of naked people. Uh, it will. Probably. <laughs> Talk to you guys later. Thanks for joining us.
1: Bye. <laughs>